In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. A warm welcome to St. Bridget Church this morning for the celebration of Mass. This is the funeral Mass for the repose of the soul of Felix McBride. Welcome to, of course, to family members who are here uh, with us, uh, to yourself, Marie, and Paul, and Alison, and Michael, and Rebecca, and John, and Sarah, grandchildren also, uh, Brian and Anne-Marie too, and Sister Anna, all family members who are here uh, with us, and of course family friends. Welcome especially to those of you who have known uh, Felix uh, over many years, uh, perhaps in his uh, childhood and growing up, uh, also people who knew him in his, uh, as a work colleague uh, or as a neighbour. Uh, you're all very welcome uh, here to church uh, today. It's sad to be here today for everyone. Uh, the illness itself uh, for Felix came uh, very suddenly uh, and all of us hoped that he would recover, but sadly it was not to be the case. So we gather here in church today uh, to pray for Felix at the end of his life, but also to thank God for uh, his life, which has meant so much to so many. We are blessed uh, by God in the lives that surround us uh, family members and family friends, people that we know, uh, people that we realise how blessed we are in so many ways. Today then, uh, if there is sadness here in the church, there is also joy as we remember today Felix's life, uh, his personality and the good things that he did. Today we ask God to give uh, this family great consolation. Uh, we know that God heals the brokenhearted and he, he binds up all wounds. To prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, Pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let us pray. O God Almighty Father, our faith professes that your Son died and rose again. Mercifully grant that through this mystery, your servant who has fallen asleep in Christ may rejoice to rise again through him who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the universe, they did appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation. But they are in peace. If they experience punishment as men see it, their hope was rich with immortality. Slight was their affliction. Great will their blessings be. God has put them to the test and prove them worthy to be with him. He has tested them like gold in a furnace and accepted them as a holocaust. When the time comes for his visitation, they will shine out 
as sparks run through the stubble, so will they. They shall judge nations, rule over peoples, and the Lord will be their king forever. They who trust in him will understand the truth. Those who are faithful will live with him in love. For grace and mercy await those he has chosen. The word of the Lord. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. We know that when the tent that we live in on earth is folded up, there is a house built by God for us, an everlasting home not made by human hands in the heavens. We are always full of confidence then when we remember that to live in the body means to be exiled from the Lord, going as we do by faith and not by sight. We are full of confidence, I say, and actually want to be exiled from the body and make our home with the Lord. 
Whether we are living in the body or exiled from it, we are intent on pleasing him. For all the truth about us, we will be brought out in the law of court of Christ, and each of us will get what he deserves for the things he did in the body, good or bad. The word of the Lord. Please stand. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, so that they may always see the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Father, righteous one, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and so that I may be in them. The Gospel of the Lord. For some people, illness can come very suddenly. So it's proved to be for Felix McBride. The illness itself came out of the blue, and it proved to be very grave indeed. And although all hoped that he would be well again, everyone around knew and could see how serious the illness was. I'm sure that it was a great comfort uh, to him that he was surrounded by family in those last weeks and days of his life. By today's count, uh, Felix's life doesn't seem a long one to us, 72 years of age at the time of his death. People today live long lives with all of the advances in healthcare. Marie and the family and uh, friends could have wished that he would have been able to have more uh, years, pass many more milestones and live to see many more things. But it is a strange mystery, isn't it, how some people's lives turn out to be short and other people's lives turn out to be long. I suppose at the end of the day, if we reflect on it, it's really what you do with life, the gift that you're given, that really matters. You could live a long life and have nothing to show for it. You could live a short life and cram so many things in and achieve so many things. In the short time that you're given, you could do so much good. The real thing, of course, is what you do with the gift that's been given to you. It is indeed a mystery, isn't it, how some lives seem short and others seem long. 
but most of all, we would like to thank all of us that we were able to do great good with the time that is given to us. As we think of uh, Felix today, we are grateful for all of the good work that he has done in his life, his hard-working life, his marriage, his family, the people that he knew, the good things that he did for others, and especially the way that he lived his life. All these things count for the good. We are conscious, especially here today, that God sees everything in our life. He knows us. He knows our intentions. He knows the desires of our hearts. He knows the purpose of our life. And God, we are told in the Bible itself that he is pleased with creation, the work of his hands. He delights in what he has created. God, instead of seeing the bad in all of us, sees the good in us. He knows us like no other knows us. He certainly knows our faults, but he delights in what we are because he has created us in his image and likeness. Today, uh, Marie and the family and friends gather in this church uh, today to pray for Felix, but I think most of all also to pray in thanksgiving for his life. It will be difficult for all of you to think of your lives without him being there. But if there's sadness today, there's also gratitude. Gratitude for the friendship, the help, the love that his life has brought to all of your lives. Laughter, joy, friendship and support are key parts of his life. Later in the Mass, Alison herself will offer words of tribute uh, for her father's life on behalf of the family. Today we recognise that God gives us so much in our life and sometimes it's impossible to realise how fully uh, good that gift is how much the great things that we can do with our life. God sees all that we've done, and we know that God will be pleased. Just a a few words about uh, Felix's life uh, by way of maybe just reflection uh, today. Uh, I think Alison will say a wee bit more later on. He was born in uh, Colebrook Street. Uh, Perhaps uh, if you've been at funerals here uh, before, you'll know my theory about Colebrook Street. Uh, from other funerals for I believe that uh, everyone in Canvas Lang lived in Colebrook Street at one time or another <laughs> for it always seems to crop up in family lives I call it the Garden of Eden of Canvas Lang or the place where the Big Bang took place <coughs> and like many others who lived in Colebrook Street as you probably know you went one way or the other you either went to halfway after that or to the circuit for his family, it was the latter. He attended St. Caddock's uh, and also St. Bride's schools. The family themselves, of course, knew great sadness. Mary died in infancy, and another sister, Catherine, died as a result of an accident. Brother uh, Brian and Anne are here with us today. He trained, as uh, many of you will know, uh, if you know him from those early days, as an upholster, skilled, and enjoyed the work. It was a skill that never left him. He often brought furnishings back to life again. He worked in those early days, as again some of you will know, as a part-time barman in the county inn, and it was there that he met Marie. They both married on the 22nd of May, 1971. Family followed, uh, Paul in 1972, 
Alison in 74, and Michael just that wee bit later in 1984. Work dried up with the upholstery and Felix moved to be a dustman. It was true to say that he was one of those first people who was recycling things. Toys given to Paul were all recycled, cleaned, cleaned, mended and presented as if new. He would never know the difference. With Alison's arrival, uh, Felix moved to a new job in the, the roads, repairing the roads. Uh, no more recycled toys, but the roads themselves were mended and there was a facelift gift to them too. He was rather grumpily uh, to lament over the years to come the state of the roads, confessing that they were never like that in his day. The job in the roads lasted a long time, uh, 25 years I think he was there, and later years he was there also in the office too. In 2000, a new stage of his life uh, with the work in the Toolpitch Community Centre. He was exceptionally good to the pensioners and everyone that used the hall. And they likewise were very fond of him. Both Marie uh, and Felix got invited to the numerous parties uh, to the occasions in the hall. When eventually he did retire, uh, it was again not quite retirement uh, to work with uh, Leap, offering his services, mending things and doing household chores uh, for people who couldn't do those things. And latterly uh, simply offered his services as in the befriending service uh, for those that were alone. Illness uh, came uh, in the late uh, 20s. Uh, he found he fought well, though, uh, uh, through that illness, and at the end of it was given the all-clear. He's very much a, a family man uh, for his own children, for the grandchildren, and for the great-grandchild, too. Enjoyed doing things, especially with him, when it cost him nothing, when the things came for free. He was very delighted to see the family grow, partners, uh, grandchildren, and great-grandchild too. Both himself and Marie, as most of us did, found that COVID period excruciating, uh, but they were eventually to celebrate uh, their golden wedding in May 2021. When you look over your shoulder, uh, you realise you've done a whole array of things in your life that you never could have imagined that you would do at the start of your life. The twists and turns of life. Uh, and so, of course, it's all part of the journey, isn't it? All part of the things that we have in our life. Today, then, as we look over those things of Felix's life, we realise what an array of things they were. But most of all, we notice in them that desire to help and support many people that came his way. There is a simple truth that we carry uh, from this church today, I think, is how blessed we are in the lives that surround us, family members, family friends, people that we grow up with, people that we work with, people that we live alongside. It's a simple truth, isn't it? We're blessed in so many ways. So in the prayer of the Mass today, we offer all our prayers the prayers of sadness, the prayers that need consolation, prayers that need guidance at this moment, prayers of thanksgiving. All these things rise up to heaven today. Most of all, we pray in thanksgiving for Felix's life, 
which has meant so many to, to the people that are here and to beyond as well. I invite you to join in their offer to him of today's Mass. <coughs> Pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we humbly present to you these offerings, O Lord, for the salvation of your servant, we beseech your mercy that he who did not doubt your Son to be a loving Saviour may find in him a most merciful judge, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For it's at your summons that we come to birth, by your will that we are governed, 
and at your command that we return on account of sin to that earth from which we came. And when you give the sign, we who have been redeemed by the death of your Son shall be raised up to the glory of his resurrection. And so with the company of the angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them, like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. Amen. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayers that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And with you.
in the church at this part of the Mass, we offer each other a, a sign of peace and friendship, so I ask you, if you can, just to offer each other a sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, only say the word that my soul shall be healed. Just to invite you to Holy Communion today, but if you if you're unable to receive communion, uh, if you like a blessing, then just to place your hand on your breast, come forward, and I'll give you a blessing. But if you don't wish to receive communion or, or a blessing, just to remain seated. <laughs>
Lord God, whose Son left us in the sacrament of his body, food for the journey, mercifully grant that strengthened by it, our dear brother may come to the eternal table of Christ, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Um, good morning everyone, you maybe have to bear with me with this because I had to change it halfway through the night when I realised I hadn't mentioned Paul and Michael in it, so here goes. <laughs> um, on behalf of my mum and the family, I'd like to express our gratitude to everyone for their support and kindness during these last few weeks. Many people have been telling us their stories of the impact my dad had in their lives at some point, and I think it takes a kind and caring person to touch the lives of so many people, and we appreciate everyone who's come today to pay their respects to him. My dad will be remembered as a family man who put his loved ones first. He was always there when we needed him, and he enjoyed spending time with all of his family and friends and entertaining us all with tales of his past. Even during his time in the hospital, he stayed strong, still determined to be there for us, and he continued to make his laugh with his antics and his humour for as long as he could. And I'm sure he'd prefer that we all continue to laugh today and share the happy, happier memories that we have of him. So he was a proud man, proud of his family, in fact, maybe just a little bit too proud at times. He was always telling the story of when Paul was playing in five-a-sides tournament and how he went along to watch him. But Paul, sensing that he was going to be embarrassed by my dad's overexcitement, told him the wrong venue. <laughs> and my, my dad ended up missing half the games as he searched over Campbell's Lang for the right venue. Shame, Paul. I wouldn't have minded, but I was actually with my dad at the time, so I can always <laughs> Um, Michael, being a few years younger than Paul, probably decided at this stage that playing sports with an overexcited parent heckling from the sidelines was not for him. Instead, he and my dad would enjoy days out together to watch the WWF wrestling or road trips down to Liverpool during the Beatles tours. My dad was a man of many nicknames. It was Fixit Felix, Flexi, Agrad, Bestie and Grumpy, to name a few. Grumpy, obviously, been used by my mum, mostly. Agrad came about when a young Amy couldn't pronounce Grandad properly, and so we all joined in and started to call him Agrad. He loved being Amy's Agrad. Um, his, his most recent nickname, though, was created by Holly. She had chosen to make her granddad a gift in school during her metalwork class, a keyring. But during the engraving process, though, she couldn't find the letter G, so she just decided to drop it completely and engrave the keyring with Randad instead. <laughs> My dad found this hilarious, so he proudly added the key ring to his car keys. Anyone who knew my dad knew he would never sit still for long. He was always on the go, always willing to help anyone with anything. He was your painter and decorator, carpet fitter, gardener, chauffeur, just a, a general expert in DIY. He hated mess, though, and he was always tidying up behind everyone. I remember when I was younger, he'd encourage me to help him with the housework on a Saturday morning when my mum was at work. He used to play Neil Diamond and record player and sing along loudly. I think that's when I developed a fondness for Neil Diamond myself, but to my dad's disappointment, and probably John's as well, I never ever developed the same fondness for the housework. Yeah. <laughs> um, from around the 1990s, my mum and dad would go to the Westbourne Bar every Sunday night to enjoy a game of cards with dominoes with a regular crowd. 10p a game and not a penny more. The Westbourne's closed now, but the card and domino nights continue weekly at their friend's house, Robert, Isabel and Jan, 30 years on and they're still playing for that 10 pence. 
My dad apparently to blame because he's too tight to part with anymore. No Tempe again. But he would prefer us to say he was just careful with his money, not tight at all. Occasionally, these card nights and argument would break out. Um, I would hear about it the next day, but it was always down to Rab and his cheating. That's what my dad would tell me, and I believed him. Liam, Amy and Holly, they also enjoyed their own card and domino nights with Gran and Grand over the years. My mum would insist that playing for money wasn't teaching kids to gamble, but instead providing a fun and educational way for them to learn about counting. Far too clever response, my mum. I'm sure she got that off the internet somewhere. But, but it was all about them having fun together, bonding and creating memories. Admittedly, most of Liam, Amy and Holly's memories are of them not being allowed to go to bed until Gran and Granda had won all their money back. But memories all the same. As for holidays, my dad wasn't keen on flying, so instead, most holidays consisted of visiting the seaside towns and cities of the UK and Ireland. Over the last few years, I holidayed with their friends, Jean and Peter. Paint my dad in a bad light here. My dad would lead the way in sightseeing at each location, but my mum was on to him and knew he was secretly locating all the Witherspoons so he could enjoy a pint of a reasonably priced Guinness. But, and my dad defence again, he was just careful with his money. Um, Amy and Holly always complimented their grander in his dress sense, telling him they loved his outfits, commenting how trendy he was. He loved all their compliments. But it could be a challenge, as my mum knows, buying him clothes for birthdays and Christmas. There are quite a few memories of him returning a shirt or a jumper, claiming it was too big or too small, and then he'd proudly show off the two jumpers, three shirts and one pair of trousers he'd managed to get in exchange for that one item. He loved the challenge of getting more for his money, and he was, as much as he loved the bargain, he was, he was some man. Um, one of the funniest memories I have of my dad recently was the time we managed to get hands and tickets for the Davis Cup when it was held in Glasgow. Um, he liked to watch the Murray Brothers play tennis, and in particular... So again, tickets weren't particularly cheap and it took some effort to convince them that the opportunity to see Andy play in person didn't come along too often and it would be well worth the money. So off we went, um, and it turned out we had pretty good seats, which is the praying of the price tickets, until we got to the bar, that is. These were not the prices of his local Witherspoons. <laughs> anyway, again I convinced them it wasn't often we get to see Andy play in person, she'd just enjoy the day and pay the small fortune at the bar for four drinks, two each, obviously just to save one of us having to go back to the bar halfway through a match. But we get back to the seats and place the drinks in the ground, and while we get ourselves organised, my dad somehow manages to kick one of his five-pound bottles of beer over. And he watches horrified as the beer flows towards the person sitting in front of us. So he quickly sources a tissue and bends over and kicks over the second bottle of beer. <laughs> so I spills out everywhere, and I'm laughing so hard that I spill my drink over me. So... In the space of 30 seconds, we'd managed to spill the equivalent cost of two of my dad's jumpers, three shirts and one pair of trousers. <laughs> and I think he sat in shock for the, for the whole of the first set. It's worth it in the end, though, and we'd one of the best days out together. We also managed to see our Neil Diamond a couple of times. Again, he needed a little coaxing to go, insisting that he was happy to just listen to the music at home. But roll on 30 minutes into that first gig, and I had to swap seats with the lady to his right, who was not enjoying his dance move. I think he elbowed her just one too many times. Another good night, though. But I'm going to end this story with a, or end this with a, a story from my grand McCabe's funeral. Um, the day before the funeral, my dad and I were chatting, and he told me how he always, like many of us, struggled to stay composed towards the end of a funeral, particularly when the last hymn begins and the coffin is about to be carried from the church. He was one of the pallbearers, and he was determined to keep his composure and do my grand and my mum proud. As we approached this stage of my grand's funeral, I could feel myself becoming anxious and the tears were beginning to well up. 
So I looked over it to my dad as he was stood by the coffin, knowing that he was nervous. I was hoping he was managing to hold it together for these last few moments. But he looked to be just doing fine, though. I'm 50. As the coffin was raised up, I caught sight of my cousin Stephen, also a pallbearer. He was positioned at the back behind my dad. But Stephen had gotten himself a little confused. He was currently holding the coffin aloft, but was facing the wrong way from the rest of the pallbearers. <laughs> I think I may have laughed out a little loud. I think it was Michael who realised something was wrong when he was holding on to Stephen's stomach rather than his back. But thankfully, it was all sorted before Stephen stepped off in the wrong direction with the coffin. And it gave us all a much-needed laugh that day, and he's still getting stick for it, obviously, 20 years later. Unbelievably, he's back on Paul Babe on duties today. But I knew he felt honoured to be asked by my mum, and I know he'll do her, and his uncle Felix proud. No pressure, Stephen. Here we are. And thanks, everyone. Love you. Those were lovely words, weren't they? Very well delivered too, thank you. Please stand.